Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Uh, we want to thank you once again for, for joining us, and if this is your first time, uh, welcome to the show. This is a special week. Uh, we are less than seven days away from Wembley. This is the, the last show before uh, the Saints take the field with a chance to take home um, some silverware in the 2016 and 2017 season, and this would make it the uh, first major trophy since uh, 1976, and that would be something special. And, you know, the this match, as the last one, was also against Manchester United. I'm sure that Manchester United are, are at least favorites, if even if they're not necessarily large ones. And you know what? Uh, who cares? We're here. Um, we've played all Premier League sides to get this far. We haven't conceded a goal in the competition yet. Um, we came off the back of a good performance against Sunderland, going into a neutral location and into Wembley with a chance to take home some silver, like as we said. And from the looks of it, we have plenty of people that are going to be there. We have uh, lots of people that are excited to go support the team. You see people still trying to uh, get tickets and you see some of those people who didn't think they were going to be able to go uh, or able to get in. And it's, it's, it's good to see. And I hope that, I hope that if you were really truly trying to get to a ticket that you're able to get there, uh, and uh, that you're able to to join and and be a part of it. And uh, our guest today on the show uh, is Matt Beeling. Uh, he's the guy who runs the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, you hear me talk about him almost every week because he is the guy who designed our logo. Um, he ran a competition last year that I I happened to to win, and uh, so I have a, a phone case from that that I still use. And uh, you know I am a teacher. And my students often ask me uh, about it, and I did to tell them the story, and it's it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, on today's show, uh, Matt is going to join me. Uh, we spoke on Sunday evening. We we got on Skype, and he joined me from Barcelona, and we talked about uh, a number of different things from uh, the team being away on uh, a midseason training camp. We talked about the the signing of Caceres and where he fits in. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and try to predict a uh, a lineup for you. Uh, for Wembley, and we're also gonna gonna try to predict the score, um, and we'll see how that goes. So, without any further uh, delay, uh, let's get to the conversation that Matt Beeling and I had. Once again, this is Matt Beeling uh, from the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. So we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans, Matt Beeling, who runs the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I, uh, I do appreciate you, uh, you coming on the show and joining us from uh, Barcelona. But before we get too far into uh, you know the team news and, and obviously the preview in the EFL Cup final, let's talk a little bit about you and your kind of connection with Southampton and, and the We Are Southampton page? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I'm just a, a lifelong Southampton fan. Um, supported them since I was a really young. And then 
Um, yeah, I went to a couple of games when with my dad when I was like 10 or 11. And then ever since, I've just been a huge fan. And that's shown like with obviously my page on Instagram, which I um, try and work really hard on and put lots of content up there for everyone. And um, yeah, I guess I just let my obsession for the club get too far. And that's where my page came from. Well, that makes that makes two of us because here I am, you know, doing this. It, if people aren't following you on on Instagram at We Are Southampton, what can they? What would they expect to see when they when they show up there? There's yeah, I guess it's just a, a really varied page. I, I kind of try and post as like most different stuff as I can. Um, initially, it was just like edits of the the matches, and then um, I varied like obviously continued on to make like um, videos and like match edits, like previews and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I guess it's mostly like graphic design kind of inspired football work but um there's also some competitions on there and things like that so i try to like stay in touch with the people that follow me really yeah well i have been following you for a while yeah and one of the yeah. uh the first goal scorer competition that you ran i believe it was last year mm-hmm. i actually i got i got lucky in one um and there was definitely some yep. strategy towards the end of waiting <laughs> till the very last minute to put in my answer and looking at what the people behind me had put in and then, yeah. uh, which I probably shouldn't reveal. I mean, I hope everybody else is doing <laughs> that, but you now some people were putting in their picks before the, uh, before the team news came out or before the team sheet exactly, came out. And I'm like, yeah, Oh, what are you doing, yeah, man? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I still, I still use the phone case. And so it's, that's awesome. everybody kind of like goes like, what is that? And I'm like, Oh, this is my team, man. And they're, they're just like, I don't, the, the kids at school, cause I'm a teacher. They just look at me and they're like, right. I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. And I'm just like, I, I like the team. <laughs> Come on. So, um, yeah. So yeah, so that's really cool. And then let's see. Now you're living outside of the UK, and so have you made it back to a few matches this year? Yeah, um, literally it was only the the one over Christmas. I went home. Um, I went home for Christmas, and then I went to the Tottenham game, unfortunately, which was on Boxing Day, and oh, the yeah, whole yeah. day is after Boxing Day, and it's uh, horrendous. So um, yeah, I've not had much luck with it this year. <laughs> and but you did manage to snag a ticket for the final, right? I did. Um, thankfully, I have a friend back home who knows my login details on the Southampton site to buy tickets, and he's bought some tickets to a few games, which was like a godsend because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to go. So, yeah, so lucky. Coming from the U.S., it's it's kind of like, you know, the Super Bowl or something like that. Like you're just basically the average person. I don't think is going to get a ticket. Like I think it's going to be super hard. I've never tried because I I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they haven't they haven't been to one since I was like in high school. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I wasn't flying across the country, so no. is that is that kind of the way the tickets rolled out? And that is that pretty standard for for cup finals and things like that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's the first cup final that I can really remember. We had the um, Johnson's Paint Trophy in 2010, but I was um, at university and I never really contemplated buying tickets for some reason. But um, yeah, the way the criteria worked this year was mostly based on the home games you attended, and obviously because I've been in Barcelona for the last six months, it made it really difficult for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, eventually uh, they managed to change their criteria, like literally on the last day. And um, yeah, because I've been to, or my friend had been to these away games on my account, I, I managed to get myself two tickets. So um, nice. Yeah, very, very lucky. So who who's going with you? Is it the buddy that went to all the matches or? Yeah, so he's done all the, he's been to all the games and I'm just tagging along for the final really, which nice. I feel bad about. But, um, oh, no, I don't think you yeah, can. I think it's a, it's, it's a chance. Who knows when it's going to happen again? So I think that's awesome. Yeah. And what what's the flight like from Barcelona to London? It's really quick. Uh, two hours uh, into Gatwick and then um, into London. So it'll be easy on, on the Sunday when I'm traveling. So. And you go there and back in one day? Um, no, I'm actually going to stay there a couple of days, fly back to Barcelona on Tuesday. So just in case uh, Sunday turns into a big day. Yeah, yeah. It could, could, be, a, could be a late one, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. I have to... Uh, 
I have to go down and visit another school and meet with their principal and parents and stuff. Uh, I have to be there, I think at two thirty, uh, the day yeah. of the final, which means I'm just going to be, I, I'm probably going to be driving while the final's going on. So I'm going to be, Oh, no. I'm trying, I'm trying to find oh, out if I can, shit. I'm trying to find out if I can like, you know, get in the hotel early or something, but then I'm dealing with, you know, dodgy hotel Wi-Fi and everything else. So we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll figure That's it true. out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. 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 I can't miss that game. No, I, I really don't want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess kind of the, the big news is Caceres finally signed. He's been, he's been with the club, you know, not very long, but he's at the training camp with uh, the rest of the club in Spain. Uh, which the club has been pretty quiet about. But what what are your thoughts on him? Have you have you ever seen him play before? You, have you watched him very much, or is he kind of, have you kind of just started looking at him now, like the rest of us? Kind of once he kind of popped up on the, on the the radar. Yeah, um, I've obviously heard of him before because um, I think the first time I've seen him play a couple of times on the TV because England played Uruguay in the World Cup, I believe, and um, he was the either right back or centre back during those games. Um, so I remember him playing. I obviously didn't realise that he had played for Barcelona before that. And I, I guess I knew he was at Juventus, but um, yeah, I've never, I don't know how good he is. I've heard a lot of things on Twitter. I've heard a lot of things from various people. Um, I know he's experienced and he's, you know, got a lot of caps for his country, but I guess the only example with him is his, his injuries that um, seem to have played his career so far, which will be interesting to see whether they arise again now he's at Southampton. So yeah, the teams that he's played for, if you kind of just go through the, his senior career, it's, it's pretty it's pretty impressive, you know. If you if it you really play is, for yeah. if you play for Villarreal and Barcelona and Sevilla and Juventus, it's like, oh man, like that's that's a big deal. But like you said, it's it's just the uh, it's the injuries that have seemed to uh, kind of sideline him. And one of them, I think, was a result of a pretty terrible tackle. Uh, it wasn't even really his fault. But you know, I, I I just hope he stays he stays healthy and can can really kind of slot in pretty well. And I guess that kind of brings us to the another talking point when we start looking forward is, is where do you see him kind of fitting in with the rest of the, of the team? Um, we've kind of talked, I think we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but it's, we don't really have an answer yet. So what, what, what's your opinion on, on where he fits in with the rest of the squad? Yeah. Cause he's, cause he sounds like a really versatile defender. I think he can play all across the back four if he wants to, but, um, he's obviously played center back most of his career. Um, as far as where I think he's going to fit in, I think, Maybe after the cup final, whenever he regains fitness, he's got to slot in to where Stevens is playing now. Um, I think Yoshida's obviously got the armband. I think it's difficult to drop him from the side, and especially with very little cover. So I think Caceres, Yoshida, as our centre-backs going forward for the rest of the season, they've got to be our mainstay in those positions. But obviously you don't really know about the rotation policy, whether Puel um, play Stevens one week and then Caceres the other, or ease Caceres in. It's just... One of those things that you don't really know how it's going to play out until we see him play or you get a gauge of how good he is. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, especially because at this point in the season, we really only have the uh, the cup final and then and then the Premier League. So there aren't very many weeks where we have, you know, multiple games in a week. And so it's almost like the rotation policy doesn't quite apply. It's like you should be rolling out your your number one squad kind of every week. Yeah. I don't know if you if you if we sign him just to to be cover. I, I kind of think you sign a guy like that to come in and maybe provide some experience and like you know kind of be the leader there at the back because of his experience. You know. Yeah. But I I, I obviously I honestly don't know if he's going to be the if he's going to start uh, soon or if it's going to take a few weeks and he maybe he only gets you know ten or so games in uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, I, I imagine um, I imagine 
that much like the other injuries that we've had this season, he'll he'll play a few under 23 games before he comes into the team. At least I imagine that's how it will work because he's obviously like lacking fitness because he hasn't played a game in about a year now. Right. I think so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he's worked into the squads. I mean, obviously you've got to take some kind of caution there because he has got a history of injuries. So yeah, it's a strange one for the club to manage, I think. And we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I think it's especially difficult because I don't think he can get very many games and he's not going to obviously probably not going to play the under 23 game before we play the cup final now and then still be available even to make the bench. So do you think he's, do you think he's on the bench or in the squad at all for the cup final? Or do you, do you see him coming into the team maybe, you know, the week after? Personally, I, I don't think I'd have him in the cup final squad. I think we have a great unit going into this game. I think obviously the momentum coming off the Sunderland game, I think maybe bringing someone in, even just to sit on the bench in the place of like someone like Gardos. Gardos maybe will feel like he's been wronged in some way because he's worked his way back full fitness and then Sarah's just walks in the door and finds his way onto the bench. I don't think that would be quite right, but um, he'll obviously be at the game. I just don't think he should be playing really in a competition that he's not had any part of sort of thing. Yeah, see, I was conflicted because I, and, and Luke Osman pointed this out in an article I think he just mm-hmm. put out this morning, uh, that and we yeah. had kind of talked about it last week about uh, the fact that Stevens had really struggled against the big, strong, you know, Lorente mm-hmm. and Carroll really gave him a hard time, but he was able to contain uh, Defoe and, and Sturridge and, and some of the other kind of smaller, quicker guys. But then you look at over at Manchester United and it's like, oh, Zlatan, you're going to get him for 90 minutes. Like that's that could really be uh, a challenge for him. And so on that, I'm kind of like, well, man, if this guy's as good as his track record looks like it is, like put him in there, you know, but I, I, I say that, but I, I don't believe it at the same time. I don't really think he, sh- he probably is going to be ready. And I think, it, like you said, it would be kind of disheartening to some of the, those other guys who had been around all season and working their way back and trying to get into the team to just, you know, throw this guy in there right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if he was fully fit, I think I would have him in the team. I think no doubt you've got to play someone of that caliber in a cup final, but because of the just the situation and the fact he's not match fit or gelled with the team or maybe even doesn't know the language. So, um, yeah, I think in a game like that, I think you've just got to stick with what you have and um, just hope that on the day, you know, Stevens has the game of his life and we manage to contain all the attacking threats that Manchester United possess. Yeah, it's going to be a tough match. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to view it however I get to view it that day, but uh, I'm mm-hmm. also kind of nervous, you know, I'm, and you're going to be yeah, there. Definitely. So, I mean, that's even, yeah. that's even, do you, do you know where your yeah. seats are? I know I'm jumping back, but. Um, you... I think they're really, really high up. So they're in the top tier. So, um, Oh, you just get to you yeah, see the whole pitch, man. That's all. You get to see the whole pitch. That's I'll be all. able to see the pitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just not the players. <laughs> the tactical yeah. cam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, looking back, uh, kind of through the last maybe month or so, um, you know, Saints have gone kind of, they've kind of struggled and gone up and down. And then we're kind of coming into this off the back of the Sunderland game. Did, did you get a chance to, to see that one or, or, and what were your thoughts on, on that match in particular? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I managed to watch, yeah, all the game actually. Um, I was, yeah, I thought that was one of the best matches we played all season, actually. Um, I know the opposition were, uh, below par by a long way. They were poor, but, um, yeah, we took advantage. And once we did, you know, get into the driving seat, we, we managed to, you know, like dominate possession, dominate pretty much every element of the match. So yeah, that was, you know, great to see after difficult results recently. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of nice to see us finally, you know, scoring 
it's it's been yeah it's been it's been a i don't know it, and and the way we created all the goals it was just kind of like oh that's 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 what more what i'm used to that's what i want to see mm-hmm. and it was kind of nice to see the uh the return to the the 4231 in, instead of the 433 or the or the 442 that we played early in the season um, and I wonder kind of more thinking about it, if that was because now we have that kind of striker that can play that and be alone up top and allow us to play off of him. And if Puel just doesn't think maybe long or Rodriguez can actually hold that role down. So mm. I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting once, uh, once Charlie Austin is back fit to see how everything kind of. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think that match like was, it was almost like a throwback to last season where we had uh, Tadic and Pella looking up really well whereas Gabbiadini pretty much fit into where Villa was like perfectly and I've had um the wingers then and Bertrands on the overlap putting in the for our big strike which obviously got us the first goal so um yeah it was it was really weird to just, like see us play that way because obviously it's been a while since we played that method sort of thing so and I don't know with that it, it seems like we're kind of going back to last year's model and obviously last year wasn't under Puel what are your no. what are your opinions on Puel this year coming in after Ronald Koeman and all that stuff. Like, uh, what are your initial thoughts on him? I know some people have made up their minds, uh, and I'm kind of, like, I'm, I'm still out on my decision. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I want to support him, but what, what are your uh, initial thoughts on him? Yeah, I feel actually, um, it's kind of difficult because, you know, last year, Ronald Koeman did such a good job and to come in after him. I mean, it's going to be tough because you have to sell all your best players. That's what we do every year. So, um, <laughs> And then uh, to go out of the Europa League so early, that was obviously difficult to take, especially the way we played in that competition. But um, yeah, to get to the cup finals an achievement, and especially without conceding a goal, um, I think it's just got to go down to the league form, which has been so much, like so far below what we're capable of. I mean, some weeks I feel like Puel's getting the best out of our players and these, you know, the tactics are working. And then obviously you get like a result, like uh, losing to Swansea and then losing to West Ham where he just makes you think like, you know, are we doing the right thing here by sticking with this guy? But then Sunderland comes around and you win 4-0. So it's um, some weeks I think, you know, there are better managers out there and then some weeks I'm quite happy with what we have. So, yeah, it's really difficult at the moment to to have any judgment on the guy, I think. And I don't know, this is maybe going to show my Americanness, but I'm used to watching baseball. Mm-hmm. It's it's over, it's almost 200 games. And so we, yeah. we watch all those games and from week to week or, or game to game, nobody questions the manager, even if the team loses it, it's You have to lose like two solid weeks, which is like somewhere between nine or 10 games before people start to go like, Hey, like what, what's going on. And it seems yeah. like with, uh, with soccer or football, it's, you know, you, you lose two weeks in a row and people are calling for your head. And, Mm-hmm. Uh, as a uh, as a relatively new fan, that's something that I, I I guess I don't quite understand, but I also do see myself uh, getting more caught up in it because there I guess there are a lack of of matches to win. You know, there there's only so many matches you get to play, and so if you lose two or three matches in a row, then all of a sudden it's like, man, we haven't won in a month. You know, um, yeah. I guess it's I guess it's just pretty normal, and I should just get used to it. But it, it's something that has kind of stood out to me. Even last year under Kuman, we went through that spell in kind of uh, the middle of winter where we, we won very few mm-hmm. games for a while and people were kind of like, it, it's time for him to go. And it's like, really? Like, I, I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like one of those uh, one of those things. I think English football is different to most of the leagues. There's so much pressure on your league form that, you know, when you go through a bad stretch of form, I think the fans are so used to a like, quick turnover between managers that, you know, it's natural to want someone else or think that someone else can do a better job than what you're currently seeing. So, um 
yeah, it's very different to other sports and other leagues, I think, the Premier League. So, yeah, I think it's um, weird. I think, I think lots of people feel the same way that it's very harsh on the matters. I don't know. On that note, you know, Bob Bradley, Swansea's had three managers this season already. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think he was there for seven games or something like that. And then he's out. And I'm like, man, that's yeah. that's that's rough. But that was really quick, to be fair. Like, <laughs> that, that doesn't usually happen that quickly. But um, in hindsight, you know, they've, they've, made, they've done the right decision. They've made the right decision. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Got, you know, and they're getting results now. And, um, yeah. Kind of wish he could have stuck around until, until we played him. But that didn't work. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of months too late. Yeah. Um, have any, any, uh, players on the Saints squad really, really stood out to you, uh, over the past few months? Uh, is there anybody you've been really surprised by or, uh, has anybody just ever, has everybody just kind of played, you know, kind of to the level that you would expect them to play? Uh, I think, I think there's one standout performer this season and that's got to be Romeo. I think he's just taken his game to the next level and, and he had to because Wanyama obviously left in the summer. And we, we signed Romeo as that player who can do pretty much everything that Wanyama can, but obviously doesn't have the same, you know, in-game experience. He hasn't played as many games and he's younger. Um, and I think, he's, you know, this season he's been amazing. He's just sitting in front of that back four and breaking up play and just, you know, distributing the ball up to the uh, attackers. I don't think there's been a better player in the league, maybe Kante, who who's, you know, gets more recognition because he plays for Chelsea. But I think Romeo's been hands down our best player this season. Yeah, and, and then I guess recently people are going to get a bit caught up in Gabbiadini's form and then, you know, it's difficult to look past a guy who's just scored like three goals in his first two games in English football. So, um, well, recently I would say Gabbiadini's been a, you know, standout player. But in terms of the whole season, I think you've got to look at Romeo because, uh, yeah, I think he's outstanding in that position. I loved watching Wanyama play. And I was a mm-hmm. little worried when he went away and I still will watch Tottenham just to kind of watch him and, and Dembele kind of, you know, go around and yeah. destroy things. Um, but, mm-hmm. but Romeo does that for us. And it's, it seems like everybody, you know, on Twitter and otherwise notices the work he puts in and the work rate. And he's kind of one of those guys that when he's not in the squad, when somebody like Harrison Reed comes in and not that Harrison Reed's not, not great or good, but uh, when he comes mm-hmm. in, there's a definite, uh, drop in the quality that we have at that position. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun to, to, to watch him kind of play. And, and I really wasn't sure what to expect when, when he, uh, when he came on, cause I didn't really see him a ton last year. No, me neither. Like I didn't even see him play at Chelsea really. I, I heard of him. I think he played in some cup games like way back in the day, but, um, yeah, I, 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 same as you, I didn't know what he was capable of. And, uh, he's obviously come into his own now. We we obviously know that Romeo is going to be in that final in the EFL Cup final squad, but other than that, who do you think Puel puts out for for the team? Especially, you know, if there's any kind of key decisions that you see him making, because I think we've already come to a consensus on the Caceres and Steven situation. But mm-hmm. um, who else do you think makes the match day squad, and who kind of maybe misses out and has to has to be relegated to the bench? Yeah, it's a really tough one for Puel because obviously he played so well against Sunderland and. Um... It's difficult to change that team because if you do, you, you wonder why. And then if you don't, then I guess you're asking, well, you're, you're anticipating a similar performance to what we we had against Sunderland. So, um, yeah, I guess you have to start with, I guess the goalkeeper doesn't change. You put Forster in there. The back four has got to stay the same, I think, in my opinion. Um, Bertrand, Yoshida, Stevens and Cedric. And then obviously you're going to play the two in front, which is probably going to be Stephen Davis and Romeo. And then, um, 
yeah, and then you've got the dilemma on the left wing where I guess Tadic has such a good game against Sunderland. Um, but then obviously you have Buffal, who we don't know the fitness of, who could also play in that position. So um, it'll be an interesting one to see whether Puel, for like the first time this season, names an unchanged lineup and goes with Tadic for the final, or whether he brings in um, Buffal if he is match fit to play in that position. And then I guess the rest of the team picks itself with Ward Prowse, Redmond, and uh, Gabbiadini up top. That that see that for me that's where the the decision comes in. And if I can, I maybe even be willing to shoehorn guys in if I can get Tadic mm-hmm. and Buffal in at the same time. Um, yeah. And somebody and and for me it's it would be Ward Prowse that would have to kind of miss out um, mm-hmm. if Buffal's fit, of course, um, because yeah. I kind of think that the only or the the real spot that's up for uh, rotation is is that spot next to Romeo. Where it's Davis, because mm-hmm. Ward Prowse can play there, Classic can play there, Hoiberg can play there, but f- further in front of that, I kind of, you know, I want Redmond, I want uh, Tadish, and I want Buffal all there, kind of behind the striker. But you know, if we had a bunch of games coming up, I could see kind of spreading it out and, and rotating. But you know, if if I could pick my my final the 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 Cup final team, that that's what I would want is for yeah. Buffal, both Buffal and Tadish to be there. Yeah, ideally, I guess for finding a place for them both in the starting 11 would be perfect. But I just, I'm just i not sure that the balance would be would be right with maybe, because Ward-Prowse is obviously that that guy who links up there as well. He's a great passer with the ball. Um, doesn't really take on many players. I don't know who's playing out of position against Netherlands. But I, I think um, I think maybe for Ward-Prowse to miss out on the starting 11 would be would be surprising to me, I think, because he's obviously a home, hometown player and it's maybe a bigger game for him than anyone else in our team. So... Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame to see him drop from the squad, but then at the same time, I can understand your reasoning wanting Buffal there as he is, uh, yeah, he's a guy that's going to make things happen regardless. Yeah. The only, the, my only kind of reservation about bringing Buffal and Tadic in at the same time is that seems like a lot of, there's going to be a lot of dancing with the ball, a lot of trying to take players on. And yeah, it's great when it works, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you get too much of that at one time, you know, it, it, it doesn't quite, the the flow of the game isn't there and sometimes we we need that and 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 I kind of worry a, a little bit about how much of the ball we're going to have against United if United is really going to try to take possession and if they pull the the Mourinho uh way you know score and then just sit there and you know oh maybe maybe that yeah. works maybe that does work for uh letting somebody a, a moment of individual brilliance kind of kind of score rather than uh really playing really nice football all the way around the pitch so I, I don't know yeah it's surely gonna be yeah it's definitely gonna be a difficult decision for Puel but um yeah personally I, I'd love to see the same the same 11 as what we started against Switzerland so I guess we'll see what happens really Dowie will because Puel loves changing his players around but um we'll see yeah and I and if we if we went with an unchanged lineup and then you know you can bring maybe Buffal off the bench that might be a real way for him to change the game because when he came off the bench I, I forget exactly what match it was but he had like more take-ons than anybody else in the Premier League, and he only played like thirty minutes. And so maybe he yeah, can I think come... that was Swansea, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So maybe he can come on and just you know be that life that we maybe if we need it, and if not, then you know you leave the rest of the squad out there and and just kind of save his knees for for down the road. Yeah, and I think having Buffal on the bench along with uh, Shane Long and because it just like so much like variety as to what to bring on like in different situations like if we are having to check the game then someone's going to come on and 
you know, close down their defenders. And then I guess Buka will ultimately end up doing the same, but he's got a little more on the ball, obviously. So, um, yeah, I think I think having those three on the bench will be really big for us if um, the game's not going our way. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 a that's a great point, and that's one of those decisions that that's going to have to be made. You know, game time. You know, really see what what's happening on the pitch, and then see how we can kind of counteract that. Um, and that'll be interesting because I'm not sure. I'm trying to think about times this season that we've really made had to make a, a tactical shift mid game like that, and I don't really know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Does, doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but uh, I just can't think of it. No. Yeah. I can't either, no. I think we've been uh, quite resolute with our tactics and not maybe made the changes that we should have at some in some games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is there is there anything else uh, about the final or about the team in general? I just think it's uh, obviously the finals. Like, I, I see it as a season-defending game for us. I mean, it's obviously the biggest game we've played in years. And um, it is going to be the highlight of our season, no matter what way you look at it. So, um if this game doesn't go our way and we do end up losing the final, I can see it affecting the rest of our season, unfortunately. And I feel like maybe the Sunderland win might just be not a flash in the pan so much because obviously they played well and I think we're capable of playing well week in, week out. But I just want to, um, you know, the final is a huge game. And I think even if we, yeah, if we lose, I, I do fear for our league form a little bit. But then on the other hand, I, I mean, I guess if we do win that game, you know, what the momentum we could carry into the rest of the season could be unbelievable. Now, do you also feel that this is a, a defining game for Puel's season as a manager? Um, I actually do, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just feel if you assess the season, because at the end of the season it'll get looked back upon, and what you'll see there is uh, obviously poor showing in the FA Cup, a poor showing in the Europa League, and then a cup final, which they, they never get remembered. So, um, And then if we finish anywhere below 10th in the league, it's it's not going to look good on Puel's Good. So I, I can't see it looking good for Puel if we lose the final, no. So would you say then to maybe for this to be a successful season for Puel that he would have to, we'd have to win the cup final and then finish above 10th? Do you think that would be, would that be acceptable, I guess, for most fans, do you think? Um, for most fans, I reckon, yes. Um, actually, I'd be happy with winning the cup final and maybe finishing a bit lower, maybe 12th or 13th, because um, obviously a cup final win in every in any club's history is, is amazing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think for above this, look, it's got to look as a, got to be a successful season for us considering out of a term we've had this year with uh, on and off the pitch. So, yeah, yeah. I, I tend, I guess I tend to agree. I, I don't necessarily want to judge him on the one big match, but at the same time, that's what you get judged on is, is can you mm-hmm. get the guys ready for, for this one big game, can you, you know, either strategy wise, either make it feel like every other game for them so that they don't get nervous and, and guys like Ward Prowse who are young and, and, you know, not, haven't may, maybe played these big games don't kind of uh, fold under the pressure or do you kind of get them use that pressure to kind of get them amped up to, to go out there and just, and just run with it and, and get after United. And so I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm nervous talking about it and you know, I won't be yeah. anywhere near the pitch. So <laughs> no, I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall in the dressing room just to see how he does amp up the players. Because sometimes I wonder if he's even got it in him because he just seems like so timid on the touchline. So, um, I mean, I feel like I sound really anti Puel, but, uh, to me, he just, <laughs> he just, he just, he just, yeah, doesn't really have the, the X factor for me. Whereas, I mean, Kuman didn't have it either, but, uh, or at least the football was, you know, a lot, a lot higher quality. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, neither of them are uh, Jurgen Klopp, so that's it's no, or, or Conte, no. <laughs> which is is has been joyous to watch on TV. <laughs> I, actually, I actually love watching Chelsea, but they're such an interesting team, and the manager makes it that much better. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me. I mean, obviously I want them to win the cup final, but I think the cup final and in right around a mid table finish is okay. I, and as long as we, I guess we stay out of the relegation fight, I will be happy. I don't, yeah. I don't want to see us get dragged down into that one. It would destroy my ability to watch the team if we get relegated and, and just the loss in revenue. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that would go, but I don't want to, I don't, I, that's projecting <laughs> don't, bad. Don't yeah. It. Yeah. That's bad. Um, <laughs> So I think I think you know the team finishing mid table in a cup final win would be great, especially because I don't really I don't really see us making a run into the Europa League places um, outside of the outside of of the cup final. You know I don't see us getting up to to fifth or sixth this year. I think you know somewhere anywhere between twelfth and maybe eighth or ninth is probably where we're going to end up, and I think that's about right for kind of how we played most of the season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, there are better teams in those top six spots. I don't think we can compete with the likes of those teams, and I think already do far ahead of us. So, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be really happy with anything between eight and twelve, and I think it should go down as as a successful season if we if we do so. Um, well, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, I guess just ask your prediction for Sunday. I guess it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Just to oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I I didn't uh, <laughs> do that. So. Um, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet. No. I just think I, I think Zlatan scores, or maybe you know he gets a, a, a knockdown assist. Um, but I, I think a two-one win for for Saints. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would be obviously happy with that, but I would go something similar. Um, I think maybe we might go behind, and then I think unlike what we've seen this season, I can see us rallying and maybe you know catching United on the break to get an equaliser, and then um, and then hopefully getting a, a late a late eight winner. You know, just to send the fans into pandemonium, that would be what I imagine the perfect cup final. Now, since you're going to be there, do you want, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever wants extra time, but what, would it be more kind of fulfilling if we get it, you know, in the 91st minute in stoppage time or if it happens, you know, somewhere in the middle of, of added time? You know, what what is, you don't want it to go to penalty kicks, right? And that, that's the stay away from the, that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, no. But uh, you would would you be up for added time if it, if it came to it, or would you rather it be ended in the in the ninety minutes? Um, personally, I think it's a bit. I don't know. I think it's a bit more romantic to win and say that the last minute of added time in in regular time, like the ninety first minute or something or ninety third minute. But um, if we have to do it in extra time, which I really don't want because it's going to be so nerve wracking, um, then fine. But yeah, I I, I I hope it doesn't go to extra time just for my nerves. Um, so I'd just like to, to thank you, Matt, for, for coming on the show and remind everybody that to make sure and check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. And, and Matt, thanks for your time and travel safely to and from the final. And, you know, hopefully you get to experience a, a win. And no worries. I really hope so. And I hope you get to catch at least some of the game. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll figure it out some, some, somehow. <laughs> and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get to have you uh, back on in the future. Maybe uh, – Maybe if we do get a win, I can talk to you about how that was. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, uh, thanks, and have a, have a good night, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, too.
And once again, we'd like to thank Matt Beeling from the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. If you haven't uh, seen the page, you should be sure to check it out. The link to the page is in the show notes, as well as the link to Matt's personal Twitter account. So uh, you can feel free to get in touch with him there. And if it didn't come across uh, when we were talking about it, the the We Are Southampton page on Instagram um, has a lot of stuff from just match edits and, and, and pictures of players and, and stadiums and, and scores and everything else to um, competitions and other things. Uh, we mentioned in our conversation that I, I, I participated in, in one of the competitions last year, uh, happened to win, and as a result, I have a phone case that I, I still use, uh, and it, it sparks a lot of conversation. It's a good conversation piece because um, I'm a teacher and my students ask me lots of questions uh, about it. So, um, And they usually ask me if it's Real Madrid or Barcelona, and I have to tell them, you know, it's it's neither. But they uh, they have a hard time wrapping their brains around that. But yeah, I, I do explain to them there are teams outside, you know, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, you know, and, and they kind of just look at me and, and we, we just move on. But anyway, be sure to check the page out. And, um, you know, give Matt a follow on both Twitter and, and Instagram. And for those of you who are heading off to Wembley, be sure to, uh, to be safe as you travel as well as, you know, enjoy, get behind the team. Uh, it's a once, hopefully not a once in a lifetime experience, but for some people, this is the first time in their life that, um, saints have, have, they've had the opportunity to support saints in, in a major cup final and it, it, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting for me to be watching. And I'm all the way, you know, I'm all the way over here in, in the United States. So if you are going to Wembley, um, the ugly inside has put out a, a short article, uh, or video on their website that has, and shows, uh, all the pubs around Wembley. So you can kind of pick the one that best suits you. So enjoy that. I, I, it's also in my timeline on Twitter cause I, I gave it a retweet. So go ahead and, uh, and check that out. And the only thing I left to talk about is after Matt and I spoke uh, the next day as I was putting together the episode, the playlist for the uh, March to Wembley from Southampton came out and um, all the players picked a song they would want to listen to as they are uh, you know, getting ready. And you, you should just check it out. You may really, really like some of the stuff on there. You may not, uh, but it's worth, uh, it's worth a read, even if you don't listen to the whole thing. Uh, you can see what players picked which songs, and uh, I bet you you'd have a hard time matching them all up. Uh, definitely some surprises uh, as you, as you go down. And as somebody who used to play baseball, you know, picking your uh, your walk up song for your at bats was always always a big deal. And uh, I guess that's kind of how it goes here. And the only thing I noticed on there was I didn't see Ryan Bertrand's name uh, with a song next to it. So I would like to know kind of one why he's not on there, and two what he would have picked if he would have uh, made a selection. But um, yeah, all I can say is I, I think Charlie Austin and I have the, I think our music interests are the most uh, probably similar. But uh, you know you can you can judge for yourself when you when you get there and uh, and take a look for yourself. So anyway, uh, I think that does it for this episode. And just a reminder that you can always um, follow the show on Twitter at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y. So that's at SFC Del Ivory. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Google Play, Acast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, really. And lastly, if you have any recommendations for the show, you have a guest you would like to hear or some way to improve the show, uh, let me know and I will do my best to to accommodate that and make that happen. And I look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future. We have some guests lined up that I think you will uh, you will really enjoy. And 
You know, until Wembley, remember that together, we march on. <laughs>